1: I was just overcome with emotion, and I'm thinking if the world can see this portrayal of Jesus and it can draw them closer, we've got something here.
2: It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause, as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a men man arena gets Army, it, everyone wins. We salute wins. you guys. Enjoy for today's episode. To
0: this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I am here with my brother from another mother, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Well, that's good. I got to tell you, this is going to be a weird podcast today because normally I'm not emotionally attached to the guests. I'm not emotionally attached to this guy either, but I'm emotionally attached to something he's done. Uh, there is a series out there that has been so deeply impactful to me. Personally, I want the world to hear about this thing. And this uh, man has been a, a catalytic component in making that happen. And so I'm going to just put that teaser out there for you guys. This is going to be a guttural, raw podcast, because I'm just uh, really, really fired up about this thing. So but before we jump into that, hey, do uh, you have a man word for me today? Yeah, this one's inspired by you today, and it is crying.
2: Oh, shut That your is my face. man word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> no, it's I a am not respect. crying. I am not
3: crying. <laughs> <laughs> this is a natural response, man. When when God touches your heart and moves in your life, and and uh, especially touches those around you, uh, your family, and completely wrecks them and brings them to Him, uh, you just can't. You know, it's okay, guys. It's okay. Uh, my kids will sit there like, Dad, are you are you crying? It's like, yeah, I actually have emotions. I have feelings. Yeah, I. So I you it's know, okay. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's good. I, I don't think that i think this whole mentality of men don't cry i don't know where that came from i don't know if that's a silent generation thing or what but i find the older i get the closer i grow to christ the more willing and open and and often i do tear up and do those things uh but yeah hey do you have a a hero story today
3: man yeah jim we have a friend of ours now uh from california his name is doug he said in june of 2021 he had a stroke and while he was recovering he read the Strongman Dangerous Times book, and God used your book to help put things back into alignment. The Men in the of Forum and the podcast have been very good for my growth as well. I am now 279 days away from retirement. I am now more focused on who I will be in retirement and not just what I will do
0: in retirement. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's really cool, guys. Hey, keep sending us those hero stories about what God is doing in your life. And so... Hey man, I'm really really excited today to have our new friend on the podcast, Justin Overlander. He's 44 years old. He lives in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota, married to his beautiful wife, Kristen, of 19 years. Justin is the associate producer of The Chosen, the first ever multi-season show about Jesus and his followers. The global success of The Chosen has allowed Justin to reach and remind people that Jesus meets you. Where you are as a former teacher and coach, Justin is passionate about bringing the best out of everyone and reminding them that nothing can separate them from the love of God. Justin, it's so good to have you on the show, man. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, and it's uh it, yeah, it's great here to be to be with you guys,
0: man. I'll tell you what, I I am uh, like I said, I'm emotional about this. I'm super excited, so it's going to be hard to put on my professional cap. So I'm just not going to. I'm just going to. Let this thing rock and roll. But, hey, let's start off. Why don't you give us your story, a little bit about your life and and things that you enjoy, and give our guys some context.
1: Sure. Well, I like crying on podcasts with other men, and uh, so I hope hope that that's in store for us today. Oh,
0: man, it might be coming, baby. (laughs)
1: No, I, um, you know, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota and thought I was going to be a professional football player. But then when I didn't grow above six foot nothing and, you know, 180 or, or, or some odd pounds, I realized that wasn't going to happen. So I knew that I'd be in L.A., being a famous actor or something like that. And a lifelong believer, never really wanted to go into the faith-based realm and thought that I could kind of be a sheep in wolves clothing, so to say, huh. where I would be in this secular world, but uh, you know, kind of wearing my faith on my sleeve without shoving it down people's throats. Cause I, I don't think that's the right tactic to use, but uh, something that like a Chris Pratt is doing today. I, I really admire Chris Pratt as, a, as an entertainer and uh, somebody that uh, definitely acknowledges that Jesus is his Lord and Savior yeah. and isn't ashamed of that. So I pictured myself going down that route, but uh, my dad convinced me that I needed to have a fallback career. So I decided to become a teacher. And it made sense because I wanted to coach as well. But fast forward through a lot of somewhat boring details, I ended up leaving teaching and pursuing the film industry full-time and was doing some acting here in the Twin Cities, moved to Los Angeles, did all that out there, back in Minnesota now. And, you know, God was just... uh, One of my favorite quotes is uh, from um oh why why am i blanking on his name steve jobs yeah that's that's an easy name to forget right (laughs) steve jobs said uh you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backwards and when you're going through these struggles and trials you're you're kind of frustrated with god and saying why me you know why have i not been able to achieve the dreams that you have placed in my heart but looking back at this journey now i'm like oh my goodness God was grooming me to be a part of this project right now because the world needs more Jesus right now. And I think that through The Chosen, we're, we're doing that. I mean, we're, we're in every country in the world translated into, what, 170 languages or something like that? It's, it's, it's crazy the amount of reach that we've had out in the world right now.
0: Yeah, right now, as I'm looking at the number line on your app, you're at 109 million on the way to a billion and so super super cool so how so where did this dream come from for this show the chosen
1: well the dream starts with dallas jenkins our our creator and uh he's one of the writers along with tyler thompson and ryan swanson and he's the director he speaks into the editing i mean this this really is dallas's child and and dallas will be the first to tell you that it's not him and that this show is better than anything that he as a human being could do so we do truly believe that God is breathing into this series and that God is wanting to do something, that that this is a movement, this isn't just a a, a TV show that that some guy and his team are putting out to the world to to make men cry or to to make people laugh or or anything like that. (laughs) This is something significantly bigger than that. And uh, it started with a short film that Dallas did for his church actually called The Shepherd. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that or not. It's on our app. It's it's the Christmas special Jim Jim you're you're like yeah yeah so have you seen the shepherd you tell me about the shepherd
0: so For Christmas this year. I had my adult children over so I've got three boys in their 20s and their significant others And we sat down before we opened presents and I showed that shepherd video I saw I, I have seen it already right, three or four times, but we get done and the whole family's just crying It is so moving like I just can't explain to you how moving it is and so yes I love that you know what's going to happen right you know how it's going to end and I won't spoil it but when it actually happens and the way it happens it just it just gets you I I, I don't know what else to say I'm speechless
1: yeah and and it's uh similar to The Chosen I mean we we know how The Chosen is going to end that's not a secret yeah the source material kind of has all the spoilers there but it's the process of getting there i think that will surprise people and move people along the way but yeah the the shepherd was something dallas did very low budget on a friend's farm in illinois just outside of chicago did it uh for their their uh, christmas eve service uh, four years ago maybe it's, it's either three or four years ago i think it might be four years now it's uh, time, what is time these days, right? The older we sure. get, <laughs> I, I don't even know what day of the week it is, let alone, you know, how many years ago something was, but uh, that short film got into the hands of a distribution company called VidAngel that's now rebranded themselves as Angel Studios, and it's a faith-based uh, production company now, and they're a filtering service, too, which is fantastic. You can watch, uh, like, a show like Game of Thrones, and you can cut out all the You know um, unsavory elements so you can watch a game of thrones episode in like three minutes um but (laughs) that's a joke that's uh but but they they got a hold of it they wanted to start getting into the production side of things and and i mean long story short the shepherd the short film that dallas did for his church kind of grew into the chosen so we fast forward roughly 30 years from the birth of our savior to now entering into the moment where he began his public ministry which most scholars agree was right around the age of thirty, which is mm-hmm. sure humbling, isn't it? I mean, man, I'm, I'm an old man, and to to realize what Jesus had accomplished uh, at, at that point in his life, it's like goodness it makes me feel guilty every time I'm I'm watching my my twins on TV or or the Vikings in the fall.
0: <laughs> well, you're uh, I'm 55, so talk about an old man. Well, you know this show is <laughs> this show is really interesting because it's a a show of firsts, and Dallas has a couple of videos where he talks about this, but can you tell us some of the firsts that The Chosen is experiencing?
1: Yeah, well, officially now, as of last weekend, we are the first multi-season series about the life of Christ. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we branded ourselves as such before we even went into production of season two, but the goal all along was to do you know, roughly seven or eight seasons. Now we've, we've decided that it's going to be seven seasons and, um, that had never been done before. You know, there's been mini series, there's been movies about the life of Christ, but never something that allows you to really get into the backstories of people like Matthew and and Simon Peter and Mary Magdalene. And so now we're providing that, um, you know, through the grace of God and, and through his direction, just trying to you know, feed into what, what he wants to tell uh, about these stories of of the people that really lived, that really walked 2,000 odd years ago. And it's the, you know, the other, fir- I don't know if it's a first officially, but, but it is the largest crowdfunded media project of all time. 19,000 people invested a few years ago uh, over $10 million so that we could shoot the first season of The Chosen. That's never been done before. I mean, the, the previous record holder was, uh, I think, Mystery Science Theater 3000, a show that I love, actually. They're, they're a Minnesota-based show, but they had raised, you know, five and a half million. And I think Veronica Mars, that movie, had raised, you know, something like four million. But we we shattered that, uh, basically doubled what uh, those, those other intellectual properties had done. And... Here we are, you know, impossible math, man. Dallas talks about impossible math. I mean, this this shouldn't have happened the way it happened, but it is happening, and uh, we're just, man, it's just amazing to see God working through this. It's 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 so so.
0: You're the and you're also the first mini series with an app, and you are for free, and and I think uh, I think those the other you said it's crowdfunded, and the first one to go over uh, multiple seasons. Yeah, I'm just I'm just so impressed when I was watching this. In my mind, I'm saying, what is behind all this? Because Dallas just gets up there and talks and he's wearing a sweatshirt and he looks like a normal dude. And you're like, man, this guy must be insanely gifted, which I'm sure is true. But there's a miraculous component that you just see throughout. Have you experienced that when you're on the set? oh
1: yeah and it's the team you know it starts with dallas and uh dallas is outstanding you know he's got a a creative genius to him that is certainly god breathed it's in his genes i mean his dad jerry b jenkins is co-author of the left behind series which i think (laughs) yeah i think uh i'm I'm correct in saying that it's the all-time highest selling um uh, faith-based fiction series of all time now i I, I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, maybe, you know, uh, Narnia or um,
0: yeah. you
1: know, Lord of the Rings might be up there if that's considered explicitly faith-based. But anyway, we all know the Left Behind series. And so oh, yeah. he comes by it honestly. It's in his genes. Uh, you know, his, his dad is, is tremendously gifted and, and God is just using, you know, Dallas and uh, Jerry to further, further the kingdom. And uh, where was I going, going with this? Now I got off track. I get just excited when I talk about Jerry. I, I love Jerry. I get excited talking about Dallas. I love Dallas. You know. Yeah.
0: No, this is really good, man. Well, I, it's, it, you just see the miraculous component in this. So before we dive into the characters and, and the why behind some of the things, what do you do as the associate producer? So I know that you're way up there, but what does an associate producer do? And what are your days on the chosen set look like?
1: Uh, well, way up there, let's let's uh, put that
0: <laughs> way uh, down there right now. <laughs>
1: I, I, you know, I one of one of my big passions in life, believe it or not, and I, I study leadership quite a bit and I've read about what makes companies successful and what makes uh, CEOs in particular successful. And oftentimes it comes with a mentality of we are more equal than we think. And we are more equal than many people try to, you know, claim. So um, we all bleed the same blood. Jesus treats us and loves us all equally. I, I, I say this all the time. Jesus doesn't love me any more than he loved Hitler. I mean, I, I can say that, yeah. right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's not, I mean, there, there is nothing that you can do that is going to make Jesus love you any less. That, that's an, uh, you know, it, it's an un, inarguable fact that Jesus Correct. loves you no matter what. And so to, for me to have that you know, associate producer as, as my title is uh, you know, misleading just because I consider myself just a, a part of the team trying to bring this story to as many people as possible. So Uh, I, I do a number of things and, uh, at at one point I was editing most of our behind the scenes videos, believe it or not, just, uh, you know, the miracle of the miracle of the fish, you know, that's a story that I told through, um, the editing of it. Uh, you know, Will Nicholson and, uh, Chris June were the, were the, uh, quote unquote stars of that video because they were Uh our visual effects team that brought the, the fish to life, um. Uh, pun pun intended, I guess, the the digital (laughs) fish, the computer generated fish to life for episode four. So I I did that. When I'm on set, I'm, um, you know, interacting with investors and and people that have paid it forward, people that have financially supported The Chosen, uh, making sure that they're feeling taken care of and putting out fires here and there too. Um, I interact with the cast a lot, the behind the scenes features that you see on our DVDs. When cast are interviewed, that's usually uh, me that's doing the interviewing because I have a good relationship with them all. They're all friends of mine and, you know, contributing to our marketing a little bit. And just we're small still, you know, we it, we're, we've reached a lot of people. We've grown really, really quickly, but we are still a very small company. And so we have, uh, you know, Dallas certainly wears 103 hats. I may be where, you know, a dozen or so, but we all have to just contribute. And and when, where, where one area is lacking, we'll jump in and and pick the team up and just contribute in that way. I mean, my goodness, the, the last week I was in our Facebook inbox responding to Facebook questions. You know that's that that's the glitz and glam of filmmaking that's what associate producers do they go and they answer they they do customer service in the facebook inbox
0: on uh for the chosen so that that's glam for you right there <laughs> oh baby well i was just so impressed with how responsive you've been to us and i'd like to dive into this uh series if the guy some i'm i'm sure a lot of guys have not seen this series that are listening my goal is to change all of that but what really impacted me, deeply impacted me, about the series were three things, I would say. The first thing is Jesus. <laughs> so your portrayal of Jesus is different than any portrayal I've ever seen on any other me- you know uh, media portrayal of Jesus. And without going into details of what I have seen, will you tell us how you created this very unique characterization of Jesus that I believe aligns beautifully with scripture, but for some reason has been left out of historical media productions.
1: I think a lot of what has prevented this um, humanly authentic Jesus from being portrayed before has been fear, fear of venturing outside of, quote unquote, the red letters of the New Testament we have been as you know, as as believers, it's nerve wracking. And and Dallas and, and Tyler and Ryan, the writers have talked about this before, how intimidating it is to be writing words that the savior of the world is now speaking on a TV show. Uh, he, he, you know, in episode six, Jesus heals the leper. Spoiler alert. Yes. And he he puts a cloak on him and he says, uh, you know, green's a good color. You look good. Yes. Not too shabby. And, I and love he, that. He, <laughs> I'm glad because there there is a small group of people that really doesn't appreciate stuff like that. They they first of all we, we sometimes get in trouble for calling him Jesus because uh, Jesus in in some you know it is probably a more literal um, transliteration of the word Joshua, of the name Joshua. Yeah. And so, you know, we have, you know, the Messianic Jews and, and other, you know, that, that are really, really not pleased that we're calling him Jesus. It should be Yeshua. Well, if we called Jesus Yeshua, then we also have to get the, the Hebraic forms of all the other names. And then you get into the point where you're like, well, then, then we got to do the whole show in, in Hebrew. And then we've got subtitles. So we're, we're doing an English version and we want them to talk. Like people talk today. So was there a Hebrew phrase of not too shabby? Probably not. But there was something similar to it. There was slang back then. So, yeah, I mean, we want this to be accessible. And to your point, Jim, of of wanting to get more men in particular. I know this is the, the Men in the Arena podcast. So men in particular, these dudes talk like normal dudes there's no these and thou's there's no uh you know it's not king james this this is just dudes sitting around a campfire telling jokes and and sometimes getting up in each other's grills it's it's real this is authentic this is real life sorry i get a little passionate about this but the, the, the accessibility of The Chosen, and again, this goes back, and it starts with Dallas. Ryan and Tyler are writers. The accessibility of these characters, that they aren't speaking the old King James English. They are speaking like you and I speak. That's what makes it so easy to digest and so easy to get into.
0: Well, you're talking about the not-too-shabby line. That whole episode, so I, one of my keynote messages when I travel and speak is called Men on the Roof. And if you go and you look at the men on the roof scene in Mark chapter two, and I think it's Luke chapter five, it says some men brought Jesus. But when I'm looking at this, I'm like, hey, there's a guy who's paralyzed. It's gonna take way more than four men to make this happen. And I've always preached that there's gotta be a woman in there directing traffic. And so when I saw the woman in the story, I just started laughing. I'm like, yes, I knew it. I knew there was a woman there. And she was the one kind of directing traffic, and the guys did all the heavy lifting. And it was so good, man. I just, uh, the backstories are so rich. And what I, you know, you talk about the guys talking smack. I've got to go back to, and see, this is the Jesus that I love, right? I'm like, I know he would have attracted himself to me as a man by his personality. There's a scene where Peter goes, you know, Jesus, you just always know what I'm thinking before I'm saying it. And, he, and Jesus goes, well, you know, Peter, you don't have to be the savior of the world to do that. And all the other disciples start shaking their heads like, yep, because <laughs> he just said what he thought. And, and the better scene I'll tell you about it I thought was cool was um, was when they're at the at the miracle of Cana and at the end of the thing. You know, Peter comes to him with Andrew, his brother, and says, hey, man, let's go dance. But, you know, Andrew's got two left feet and blah, blah, blah. So they start dancing, and Peter says to Jesus, hey, can you heal his dancing? And Jesus said, some things even I can't do.
1: <laughs> well, and, I, and, oh. and that's, that's – that's huge because how, yeah. what's, what's our love language? I mean, yeah. like our love language is sarcasm and, and just, you know, you know, kind of playful punches to the shoulder. That's, that's how we communicate. And I, I I certainly think that Jesus, to connect with these men and, and women followers, would have a sense of humor from time to time. My goodness, he he had to have. This is, this is people traveling they stink you know they're 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 not eating the the most healthy things i mean one of them is going to break wind at some point and the whole group is going to be like (laughs) you know
0: i agree i don't know no i agree 100 i think the problem with a lot of our portrayals of jesus in our artwork in our media artwork and even in how we portray him from the pulpits is we portray him as less than Manly when it's just the opposite. He was the ultimate male and the three things about your series that Really impacted me deeply about Jesus were one his humor two, his manliness how and I don't mean like he was you know how you know big and strong and mean and you know He was just he attracted men to him by how he knew how to interact with them and then the third thing was I loved I loved and I love whenever Jesus did a miracle He would get this look on his face. Not that he was surprised, but how cool is that? That just happened. You know, he just, and in episode one of season two, and I don't want to be a spoiler here, but there is a healing that happens, and Jesus wakes up in the morning knowing that it happened, and he just has this look on his face like he knows something nobody else knows. And to me, that sets this series apart, is that you guys were bold and courageous and were willing to fill in those blanks where other groups, and I don't even know what those other groups would be, but have not done that.
1: Well, yeah, and again, it's the humanity of Jesus. There's a reason that God chose to come to earth in human form. And there's a reason that God committed to being fully human at that time. You know, Jesus prays, god if it's your will take this cup from me take this burden from me so so there is the separation of god the deity and jesus the man Mm -hmm. so we we in in church tend to really we we get the deity of jesus pretty well. We, we do that. Well, I think as as Christians, Yeah. the manly side of Jesus is something that I think is overall either overlooked or, or worse, uh, misrepresented sometimes in church because we have this whole, and, and look, I don't, don't, please don't think that the chosen strives to take any of the deity away. That's not it at all. It's just, we want to acknowledge that Jesus walked among us as a man, and there is a reason behind that. So, and, and when, when you mention Jim, his smiles and, and just this, this joy that he gets when he performs a miracle, dude, how many dads are listening to this and can relate to giving that perfect gift Christmas morning, birthdays, whatever it is, even, even these random gifts, you know, you come home from a trip, Jim, you go to do, do a keynote, you come home, you bring home a gift and it just lights up your kid's eyes. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I think Jesus is, is, is reacting to some of those, those miracles, those healings. It's just, I just made somebody's day and that, that is what makes me happy right now.
0: Yeah. It's just so good, man. So the other thing that sets us, so your portrayal of Jesus is so refreshing. I just, I, I can't wait for episode two to come out. Is it every week or when's it coming out again?
1: Uh we don't have a specific schedule set. I think I can I can say I'm not sure when this will be made public. Um, the the okay. podcast itself, but but Tuesday, April, what would that be, 13th? Um, episode two is going to be released, and uh, the the remaining episodes we're just going to release them as we finish them because because Dallas and and John Quinn, and and the editing team, uh, post production team are, are frantically trying to get all of these episodes finished they're still editing them and, and we hope to go into production of season three this fall wow so it's it's still kind of breakneck pace um but but we feel like the world needs more Jesus and, and needs more Jesus quickly
0: yeah and and like I said in my opinion the an actual an accurate portrayal of Jesus and the guy who we see in the Bible, who is man and God at the same time, and so, so the portrayal of Jesus deeply impacted me. The other thing that deeply impacted me and continues to do so are the backstories, the way you build the backstories. That the the, you know uh, the 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 huge catch of fish in Luke five, and Jesus falling, Peter falling at Jesus' feet. You know the the woman at the well, uh, over and over and over again. Nicodemus, oh my gosh, that scene with Nicodemus. Is just when when he's bowing at Jesus' feet. There it is, Dale. You got it. <laughs> it is just so powerful. And when he's he gives the money and he's hiding behind the wall, you just feel it. I mean, so mm-hmm. talk to me about the backstories and the process of developing those, building those backstories. Well, and
1: uh, again, I can't speak into that a ton because that is our, you know, our writing team, Dallas, Tyler, and Ryan, and then our biblical and historical consultants. So we we consult biblical experts and and people that are in touch with the history of the time uh-huh. too uh-huh. to present what what are plausible backstories. You know, we're we're not claiming that it's a fact that Matthew was Simon and Andrew's tax collector. We, we don't have any way of of proving that. That or knowing that but is it plausible is it is it within the realm of possibility yeah it, it, it sure could be yes um but but we we're not doing anything that strays from scripture we we give simon a wife you know scripture talks about jesus healing simon's mother-in-law yep there is no specific reference to simon's wife in scripture well, if he has a mother in law he has to have a wife. I mean, that's how that works. So, so we created a character and, and gave her a name, you know, we're, we're venturing into uncharted territory that scares some people. But again, we're not presenting it as a documentary. This is Simon Peter and this is his wife. No, this, this is Simon Peter as we perceive him to be And this is what his wife may have been. Now, his wife happens to be quite similar to Dallas's wife. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but a lot of the traits that Eden has are borrowed from the traits that Dallas admires in his own wife, um, Amanda. And, and, and she's just a a tremendous person as well. So
0: interesting (laughs) that, well, you know, it's, I don't think you're veering off course. I understand that there's a risk that you take in characterizing uh, these, characters in this form but we've got to go somewhere with it you know we've got to think okay what's the backstory you know when pete when peter falls at jesus feet after the the great catch we don't realize that there even could have been a backstory so now you've got me thinking okay i i'm sure that wasn't the exact backstory the bible doesn't ever talk about it but that could have been something very similar the woman at the well you know, these, these bat, Nicodemus, you know, Nicodemus, you see him in John chapter 3, then he disappears until the death of Jesus. What happened? You know, so you, you're you able to kind of fill in some blank areas that get us at least thinking about this. So now let's talk about this. Let's talk about the characterization of some of these characters. You portray Matthew the tax collector and as somebody who could be on the autistic spectrum, the way his hands are moving and his inability to to, uh, look people in the eye that often and his, his candidness and his, uh, great, uh, understanding of numbers, which I thought was so good when you guys put together these characters and the disciples, uh, I, one of them, I think it was little John was a great singer, you know, what went through the, what went through your minds? What was that process of doing that?
1: Well, the, the backstory behind creating, um, the character of Matthew as being on the the Asperger spectrum, like he is, yeah. is just because of the way his gospel is written. You know, he starts with all that genealogy, the lineage of Jesus, which I have read through every name maybe a time or two, but subsequent readings of the New Testament, it's always one of the things that I just gloss over and skip. I mean, yeah. my goodness, you know, there, there are parts of numbers that I certainly gloss over and skip too when yeah. re- rereading the, the Old Testament. But that that in and of itself, just the attention to that detail and being a tax collector too. I mean, you had to have been good with numbers. And this is before the time of Excel and, and TurboTax and, and all the, the computers, the, you know, t- calculators that do it. So for somebody to be a tax collector back then, they had to have been almost savant like with numbers to be able to, to do yeah. what he did. So it just seemed plausible. And again, I had zero to do with that decision that goes back to Dallas, Tyler and Ryan, but I love the decision. And now Matthew, my goodness, he's one of the most uh, one of one of the fan favorites for sure. Um, Paras Patel does a, just a phenomenal job of portraying Matthew the way he portrays him. And I we you know we talked about Jesus so much in our portrayal of him, I, I can't not just call out Jonathan Rumi by name and just acknowledge that the dude is is brilliant as Jesus and what he can do in his eyes, what he can portray without saying a word just to show the love in his eyes. That is what gets me emotional on set at times.
0: Well, and you know, it's interesting because the only actor that I recognize is the actor who portrays Nicodemus and he was on Stargate back in 1994. (laughs) So he goes way back. The rest of these names are they're all unknowns to me, at least. Where did you find these guys? Where did you find Jesus? Jesus
1: auditioned, well, Jonathan auditioned for Dallas's short film, The Two Thieves, which he did, I think, six or seven years ago. And it was a telling of the crucifixion through the eyes of the, the people on either side of Jesus. Oh, wow. And so it's more, yeah, it's more about their backstory. And that, that actually is available on Amazon Prime. I, I think if you're a Prime member, you can watch it for free. The Two Thieves. I've seen it, of course. It's excellent. Um, one of the thieves, played by Stelio Cervante, is actually, uh, plays Moses. In an episode of the first season of *The Chosen*, so, um, but anyway, Jonathan auditioned to be one of the thieves because those were the main characters of the story. And, and Dallas, as, as he would tell it, said, "Oh my goodness, you're Jesus, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and, and for for the two thieves, Jesus was a small, almost you know, throwaway character. That's you know, terrible way of putting it. Yeah, but, but From yeah. an actor's perspective he wasn't the focus and and so Jonathan was a little you know not in an egotistical way but just like oh man that would have been great to play one of those thieves again Steve Jobs you can't connect the dots looking forward but man connecting those dots now if Jonathan would have played one of those thieves he, he probably wouldn't have been our Jesus for the chosen so Uh, again, God knew what he was doing all along this journey. He was grooming Jonathan for this role. He was, he was grooming Dallas to, to be the the director of the chosen. he was grooming Tyler and Ryan grooming, grooming Paris for crying out loud, grooming me. I mean, I just feel like all of this is kind of coming full circle and, and now we're, we're, we're
0: reaching the world with, with more Jesus. Yeah. I'm just so impressed with this show. What's, so what was for you personally, Justin, What was the most moving scene? So on set, I, I I can tell you
1: this, Jim, and you, you mentioned it, the, the moment when Nicodemus tries to bow at Jesus's feet in episode seven, when we started rehearsing that scene, I was standing on the side in a blubbery mess, you know, doing, doing the, you know, I, if, if, if nobody sees my eyes, the shoulders are still going to give it away. I mean, Jonathan and Eric, Eric Avari, who who plays Nicodemus just wonderfully as well. They're, they're, they're in their street clothes, they've got their scripts in front of them, they're reading these words, some of which are taken directly from Scripture, you know, this was an actual meeting that happened. Uh, Nicodemus did meet Jesus under the cover of night. And so hearing these words come to life and just watching it, even though they're in their street clothes, they haven't gone through hair and makeup. I'm like, you know? And and so watching that scene now in its completed form, I still get emotional, but I can't help but transport myself back to the time when I first heard those two actors reading those words in a rehearsal, for crying out loud, just a rehearsal. I mean, I was emotional then. And, and I, I'd say the, the, my very first couple days on set, we shot episode three, which is Jesus and the kids. And watching Jonathan as Jesus interact with those kids and the way, again, his, his eyes well up, just, just being so happy to be in the presence of these children and giving them a voice and listening to them and, and hearing them and, and, and not interrupting everything they say oh my goodness, Jim, that is my passion as a father, as an adult man, is to teach us to use our ears when we're in the presence of young ones. Let, let, them, let them hear, let them be heard. And so very first week of shooting, watching Jonathan interact with these kids as Jesus, I'm standing off to the side of set. And again, it's just the I I was just overcome with emotion. And I'm thinking if the world can see this portrayal of Jesus and it can draw them closer, we've got something here. We've got something that God can use to advance the kingdom and to make, to make men just accept more of what they are truly called to be, which is not stoic, unemotional rule setters, disciplinarians. Feelers, you know. Goodness sakes, let's let's allow ourselves to get in touch with with each other and, and, and to to you know really listen and, and re engage and interact with our kids and and our and our kids' kids and our neighbors' kids. You know, I don't know. That's the teacher in me coming out a little bit too, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, you know, <clears throat> we have a friend who had, he actually endorsed uh, my book that's coming out, Strong Men Dangerous Times. A guy named Wes Stafford. Wes was the president yeah. of uh, Compassion International for years. He's now the president emeritus. He wrote a book called Too Small to Ignore and another book called Just a Minute. And in that book he talks about children and that one minute with a child. And so that really impacted me. So whenever I'm around a child, whether it's in the grocery store or anywhere, I really try to focus on that kid. I go back to a D.L. Moody story. He came back from a revival and his wife said, how'd it go? And he said, well, it went okay. I I led two and a half people to the Lord. And his wife said, oh, two adults and a child. And he said, nope two children and an adult. And and so there <laughs> what I love the scene and I think this I think the episode is called Compassion where he heals the man uh, uh, who's lowered through the roof. Is that is that and he also heals the uh, the paralytic? Is that called Compassion? Yeah, indes-
1: indescribable compassion. Thank
0: you. So in that scene, Matthew's trying to get up on the roof to watch the, of an opposite building to watch everything happen. No, actually, actually it wasn't that one. It was Jesus he was teaching. Oh, it's the same, same scene. He's teaching, and the, and Matthew's trying to get up to the roof uh, on an opposite building to watch everything, and he climbs up the roof, and these two kids go, hey, here, here, oh, we'll get you up. And he says something, and the two children go, oh, yeah, we know him. <laughs> like, he's our buddy. I mean, it was just so matter-of-fact. It, it just stopped me in my tracks. And so when you watch uh, this series, I you know, there are several goals in mind, I would assume. Number one is to draw people, obviously, closer to Jesus, but you alluded to this earlier. What is the goal that you guys have for men? Because clearly there's a goal for men in how this was produced.
1: Yeah, I, for, for me, I can't necessarily speak uh, on behalf of the entire team. I, I do know that Dallas is uh, a, a devoted husband and a very involved father of four. Um, I, I know his family well, and I just absolutely adore them. They're just you know, every, anytime I see his kids, it's just like a, a, a reunion of sorts. You know, it's, we're joking with each other and, and it's just so great. Um, he's, he's raised um, some wonderful, wonderful kids. And so, and, and, you know, and I, a lot of the core team of The Chosen, we are fathers and we value being present. in Mm. in our kids' lives. And for me, that extends even beyond just my own kids. And and here's, here's something I'm going to be real candid, some something that I fall short of, and I want to just admit this, I set the bar super high for my own kids. And I tend to uh, kind of uh, rain down on them a little bit too much at times whereas I'm so permissive and accepting of other kids. And it's, it's, it's something that I'm working through as, as a father myself is trying to offer the same amount of grace to my own kids as I offer to other, other people's kids. And I, I think a lot of it is just because I, I view what we have and I'm like, oh my goodness, if, if you can't just look around and realize how blessed you are what am i doing wrong as a dad now yes. we don't have a fancy house we don't you know we're, we're not living in luxury i mean for most of my life i have been borderline poor and um when i look at people that are still you know i, I don't want to make this a socioeconomic thing but but my goodness there are so many people that are just they don't have the privilege that we have even yeah in middle class america and so when I am a little more permissive or, and, and permissive isn't even the right word. It's, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a, like this big tangent now, but I, I, I view other people's circumstances and acknowledge that they probably are acting a particular way because of a situation that they're dealing with at home. And so with my kids, I'm like, dude, you've got it pretty good. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. We've got a
1: 65 inch TV, and we've got two Nintendo Switches, so there's even less fighting about that. And yet it's still, we need, we need, I want, I want. I'm like, man, there are people out there that that don't have, and, and I don't want to make this a materialistic thing either. But we have dinner on the table. We do devotionals. We communicate. We talk. We we do that. We we have our our cabin to go to as a family. There are so many people that just are really struggling. And, and you mentioned West Stafford. I mean, I've been involved with Compassion International for, for years now. I mean, there are so many people that are just so yeah. deserving of everything that we've got. But why, why do I, it's just this, almost this guilt. Why, God, are you blessing me the way that I've been blessed? where I see other kids really struggling and I, and I just, I don't know, forgive the, the tangent. I get really passionate and I don't articulate it very well, but there's this, uh, this desire in me to let everybody have a voice, to let everybody be heard and to let everybody know that they are loved, even if they don't have their, their blood father in the home with them, that they are loved by a heavenly father that is perfect and mm. not a representation of any shortcomings that I have as a father or that their father has as a father. So, well,
0: definitely. you know, Soapbox moment over. <laughs> well, I, no, I appreciate your heart on that, Justin. You know, what really impacted me, if you look at season one and you look at all of the episodes, again, I'm a huge fan, so don't take this wrong, but there is one episode yeah. that doesn't fit and it's Jesus and the little children. It just doesn't really fit in his selection of the, uh, the disciples and how things would flow, and I thought that's really interesting because that that's, that episode is so powerful and so rich. You have to put it in there, but it doesn't really flow with the main theme of that season. And I and I when I step back, I go well. There's a reason that's in there. It's a reminder to us, hey, this is really really important, and this was really really important. In fact, I was just reading this morning in the Bible that said Jesus was indignant at the response to the children and he swept them up. My translation says he swept them up in his arms. And, mm-hmm. and that's how Jesus, when he, that last scene, what he left behind for that little girl, it just, the, the effort he put to express this to a child who maybe didn't have as much as other kids, it was deeply, deeply moving.
1: Yeah, and and he didn't brush them off. He didn't say, come back later, I'm busy. Just just the power of that in and of itself, you know, as fathers. And I'm guilty of it. Talk to me in an hour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting (laughs) is we tend to, I tend to, marginalize, right? I see that person holding this. There's a person in our town who's holding a sign. And, you know, I know the family that adopted her two kids because she was on drugs. And the other guy that's holding Mm a sign who I know that he divorced his wife with nine children and left her to raise nine children alone. And so I look at these guys, I'm like, whatever. And and I realize that Jesus didn't do that. Jesus, you know, when the leper, that scene you expressed, you talked about earlier where the leper comes forward and everybody's yelling, unclean, unclean, they're running the other way. Jesus actually leaned in. And I think that's something as a man, you know, I need to embrace. You know, Hebrews 10.39 says, we're not of those who shrink back, but of those who lean, we're, we're of those who lean. And I added that last part, but Jesus always seemed to lean in to the marginalized.
1: Well, yeah. And he also said, whatever you do for the least of these you do for me. Yes. And so we, we sometimes pass our own judgment and define what the least of these actually is. And that's not our job to do. We'd have to recognize that everybody is equal. Everybody is loved equally by our Lord and savior, and we should be acting according to that.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is that, and I was talking this last night with our Bible study, is that we have been polluted by our own culture, whether we live in America or anywhere else. You know, we've got guys listening to this podcast from 122 different countries, so I don't know where these guys are listening from, but we're all polluted by our culture in some way, and we have to journey back to Jesus, right? And how did Jesus, like what, what's the scene, uh, the woman at the well scene, uh, in your in the show is is a is a portrayal of John chapter four, and I just love it. You know what? You want to go through Samaria because the disciples had been polluted by their culture to think that you don't go through Samaria. You take the long route. You cross the Jordan, go up east, and cross go bypass um, Samaria before you uh, get up into the Galilee area. And so, to me, those are such they're such powerful portrayals of Jesus going against our cultural. Uh, pollutants, so to speak.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm wearing one of our, our shirts that says trouble, you know, Jesus wasn't afraid of trouble. And Jesus wasn't afraid of bringing a little bit of yeah. trouble to uh, the religious leaders that need to, to, to kind of be
0: redirected a little bit. Yeah, we'll just call it redirected. Hey, so, so, <laughs> hey, so so question. So what of all the characters right now where I think we're at, Mary Magdalene? And we're at eight disciples at the beginning of season two. So of the eight disciples, I may be wrong on that number. Of the eight disciples plus Nicodemus, who we, we have a, we see. Who's your favorite character so far besides Jesus?
1: Oh, man, I can't. I, can't, I certainly can't choose a favorite. Um, I, I, I feel like I relate quite a bit to Matthew, um, honestly, just the, the outcast. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it's funny because I grew up um, actually bullied. I, I was, um, mm. you know, I, I was kind of in the, uh, I grew up in a small town. And so so one of the pastimes of kids growing up in a small town is to go out and drink. And I just wasn't of that ilk. And I, I may not have handled my opposition to it uh, all that well. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that I deserved to be bullied necessarily, but I acknowledge that some of what I did is what brought that to me. So, I just, to 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 be so unaccepted like Matthew was, and then to have Jesus walk by, be like, follow me. And, and, and Matthew's reaction, you know, Paras Patel, who plays Matthew, his reaction in the booth, that's my reaction. Me? You, you, you want me to follow you? What do I have to offer? I'm just a nobody. I just, I don't have... a a a a great skill set you know why would you want me i'm flawed i'm so sinful you know and the same with with peter when he falls to to jesus's feet get away from me i'm a sinful man i mean how many times do we say that i mean i say that still all the time yeah um and then of course mary magdalene too just being redeemed like that and and um i i didn't i haven't had my really fall away Um, story or anything. I've been a lifelong believer. I grew up in the church. I don't have any, you know, run-ins with the law or or anything overly, um, uh, you know, uh, sketchy in my past, I guess. Yeah. Um, But the the fact that Jesus called Mary by name and, and met her where she was, it's like, you, you don't have to be perfect. I love you. And, and we'll work on, we'll, we'll work on things now. Um, it wasn't, Hey, Mary, go, go clean yourself up and then come find me. You know, here's my card. It was, I'm here, Mary, I know you, I have called you by name. And I, again, you know, my, one of my, my goals in life is to help people recognize that Jesus is there for them, no matter where they're at, if they're in the bottom of a bottle at the top of a church, praising his name. I mean, Jesus is right there with them in either
0: place. Well, you know, I go back to the scene with Fatima. She's the woman at the well. We gave her a name in the Mm -hmm. series and how Jesus started listing the names of her husbands by name. And then how with Mary, he pulls that poem that she had just thrown away. that was in that doll or something that was given to her father. And he quotes that verse, behold, I have called you by name. You are mine. Holy cow. Those are things that are so moving so you find yourself on one spectrum doing what I'm doing right now blubbering but on the other spectrum you find yourself laughing like when he does call Levi Matthew and he does come Peter has a jab and Peter says something like but Jesus he's different than us and Jesus has the greatest line ever do you want to explain that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's you know Simon saying do you do you have any idea what this guy has done and Jesus well oh, yeah. Yeah, but this is different. And <laughs> and Jesus of course just just quips yep. get used to different. Get and and that has become <laughs> yeah, that that has become one of our one of our themes. I mean we we have shirts uh with get used to different printed on it, with masks with get used to different. And I I think it it just again it It exemplifies what Jesus came to do. He came to give us a New Testament. He gave us to, or or he he came to, uh, you know, show us the love of God. And that at that time, and it it happens today too, we get too caught up in the legalism. We get too caught up in the, you know, well, you have to do this, you know, you have to do that. Well, you know what? God loves you. God loves you. And if you acknowledge that, and if you love him, then the desire in your heart is to just get better you know to just stop doing those things that are you know pulling you away from from uh you know freedom more or less
0: yeah this is such a powerful uh series guys you guys that are listening you just need to go get this app it's the chosen app there's a picture of a guy on there you'll be like well who is that guy well that's peter you just get that app it's free it's super easy to use. You guys need to get this series. I mean, you need to take care of business and, take, and go do that. So I asked you who your favorite character was. You identify with Matthew. What's, is there a favorite scene that, that just deeply moved you?
1: Uh, there's, there's scenes that have moved me. Um, certainly the redemption of Mary in episode one is, is a big one for me. I would say honestly, my favorite scene is the wedding of Kena the dance at the yeah. end of episode five, and I, I have a. a particular view of it because I was there during the making of it. I was the one that got to play the music that got everybody to start dancing. And this was the middle of the night. It's like three in the morning. And everybody is still just energetic and, and it's, you know, August in Texas. So it's like brutally hot still like three o'clock in the morning. I think it's still 80 degrees and, and humid, but we're fighting through. And just the, the joy that we had on set that day, I feel it when I watch the scene. Like I, I when I watch the scene, I'm transported back to the making of it. So it, it's kind of a cop-out. It's it's kind of a uh an unfair answer to your question because I have a particularly unique view of that scene that not too many people have. But it moves me every time, just remembering the energy that was on set that day from these real human people that were acting and portraying first century dancers. Um but I, I, th- I think the energy comes through in the show. And even if you weren't there, like, so, so for me, yeah, it's, it's the real energy that was there. And then it's the energy that's portrayed in the show. Like they're, they're one and the same for me. And that moves me every time.
0: Yeah. This has been such a, a wonderful blessing. So you guys are you really unique because you're a crowdfunded organization. And so can you talk to us about how you're, you're, you're asking people to quote, pay it forward. So talk about the funding and how some of these guys might be able to help you out or help themselves out by helping you out.
1: Well, well, yeah, and the the best decision we ever made was uh, giving the show away for free because it quadrupled and then quintupled our our stream of revenue so that we could make season two. And it all happened right around, uh, you know, when when COVID really uh, set foot last year, um, late March, early April, and all of the isolation was put into place. We released the episodes for free on YouTube, talked about our pay it forward system, which is, um, just for as, as I mean, I don't, I hate getting into like the numbers and stuff because now it sounds like a salesy thing, and I don't mean it as such. If you if you like the show and you don't have the means to contribute financially to it, please don't. Pray for us. Uh, you know, tell other people about it. We 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 are not in this to try to get people to scrounge up you know, money that they don't have to give to uh, a project like this. But, you know, 15 bucks, you pay it forward, it allows other people to view it. And, and uh, some of it goes to the um, production of future seasons of The Chosen. So for season two, that's how we financed it, was through our pay it forward system. And then, you know, our our gift store too, you know, sweatshirts like this and, and the hat. And then we, you know, we certainly did well with masks for a while there. People were buying up our, our masks, um, pro- you know, the overhead, uh, you know, whatever we make above and beyond the cost of the product goes into the um, finances of future seasons of The Chosen. So that's how season two was, fun. you know, season one, investors, season two, pay it forward. And you can get there on the app, too. I mean, if you download The Chosen app, and it's not always going to be Simon Peter's picture. We rotate the icon once in a while. Oh, okay. So I go back okay. to Jesus at some point. It'll be Matthew. It'll be, um, you know, maybe even a new character from season two coming up here pretty soon but yeah, you can find it wherever you get apps, the App Store, Google Play, wherever. It's just, it's the chosen. And we were like number four on the app charts, the entertainment app charts uh, a couple days ago, right behind or right above Disney Plus. So that was, I, I mean, I don't know, that was kind of one of those surreal things. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm involved with something that is number four on the uh, entertainment charts, right up there with Netflix and, and right above Disney and. It was kind of cool, you know. That was kind wow, of a man. neat moment where I had to remind God to protect me from pride, <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was exciting. Um, so yeah, it's it's available there, and you can pay it forward right from the app. Uh, you can also go to our website, thechosen.tv. Um, there's no com. You know, people like to add a com to it. I don't it could, just because it's what we were used to, but just thechosen.tv. No capitals needed. You can capitalize if you want super easy to find. And and we're on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Honestly, if you Google the chosen at at this point, we're pretty much the first thing that that comes up, which is fantastic and a good way to get the word out there. So,
0: well, we are going to be joining your team and paying it forward. We're super excited about coming on board and I'm probably going to get one of those fish sweatshirts. Those are pretty cool too. I just, cause we actually (laughs) formed an LLC recently called Upriver and and the reason why is go against the flow so when i saw that sweatshirt i thought that is exactly how i want to live my life so super good you know we're in a, and we're in a day and age uh justin where we've got a ton of information out there but not a lot of truth and people are just so hungry for truth and so uh mm-hmm. will you please pass on from us at men in the arena thank you for being dealers in truth it's so refreshing and so inspiring
1: well thank you and and honestly thank you guys for what you're doing it's as i mentioned to you off air it's a passion of mine to really just just help men to be present to be to be present that's that's the word of the day be present and that means putting the phone away for you know what if you get the chosen app don't watch it right away download the app put your phone down go go hang out with your kids for a half hour play a game do something like that And then maybe watch the the show together, I
0: guess. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. I'm going to go binge watch it a third time. Anyway, but you know, the interesting thing is I've I've been saying this for years. I I have a couple of hills I'll die on. And what I tell guys is this. Listen, guy, and I actually have a book written about this called The Summit. If you want to reach the summit of who you are, if you want to reach the apex of manhood, you'll never get there without radical devotion to Jesus Christ. And the Jesus Christ that is portrayed on the chosen is the Jesus I've always thought was in Scripture, but I've never seen it portrayed. And so, guys, if you want to be tap into your best version, you've got to radically commit your life to the God who created you, who loves you, and who gave you a model to follow, and that man is Jesus. And these guys do it so, so good. So, guys, your boots on the ground this week is simple. Just go to your app store and get the chosen app. Sit down, as Justin said, with your wife and your kids. Watch this app or watch this series. Make sure you watch The Shepherd or put The Shepherd in your hip pocket for Christmas next year. There will not be a dry eye in the house. And so thank you so much for coming on, Justin. We sure appreciate you, man. Say hi to the cast and tell them thank you from the bottom of our heart.
1: I, I will do that for sure, Jim. And, and sorry, just let me add one more thing, too. If, if you're scared about the idea of huddling around a phone to watch <laughs> this app, just, just, just be aware that you can actually cast it from your phone to your 65-inch TV or, or whatever you have. Oh, you just need like a Roku, Fire Stick, Chromecast, Apple. All, all those things work. So it's not like you're going to be huddling around your you know, little iPhone or, or Android device or anything like that. You can watch it on TV. So or, don't be scared yeah. of that. I also have the season
0: one on CDs or DVDs. So you can buy the DVDs as well. It won't kill you. So, hey, Dale, can you uh, bring us home, brother? Until next
3: time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And
2: be a man. Everyone wins.